0: Thanks for joining Cornerstone Worship Center's Building a Better Life. For more information about our church, service times, and additional resources, we invite you to check us out on the web at www.abetterlife4.us.
1: Romans chapter 8, we are studying the works of Paul and because they really aren't his works at all. But we call them Paul's letters. Because the Holy Ghost used him to pen them. By the way, for those of you who may not be old timers to our Wednesday evening classes, you might uh, you might be glad to know we have unraveled the mystery of who actually wrote the book of Hebrews. The Holy Ghost wrote the book of Hebrews. That settles it. We still don't know the author, you know. On earth, but we know that the Holy Ghost wrote the book of Hebrews. We figured it out. Amen. Took an Oki to come to Texas to figure that out. Amen. Yeah, the Holy Ghost wrote all these letters. Amen. Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh. But after the spirit, there is some controversy in the church world as to whether or not that last phrase actually goes in this verse. I know it's in the King James Bible. There are many transcripts that do not include that phrase. I love the King James Bible, so I'm going to say it belongs there for the sake of argument, but I want you to hear it how if it's really there, if God put that there, when the Holy Ghost wrote it, here's what he's saying. There is therefore now no condemnation to, the, to them which are in Christ Jesus. Now, he's not giving you the condition. Uh, 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 he is not given you the condition. He's given you a description. Right. This is a description of those who live in no condemnation. This is not a condition for a no condemnation life. This is a description of those who are in the no condemnation life who walk. He didn't say if they walk. It says who walk. Come on, give me a good amen here. Amen. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. There, this is not a condition, but a description of those who are in Christ Jesus. Here he's not given conditions. He gives conditions later. Don't misunderstand. There are conditions in the word of God, but he didn't there say if. Verse 2 says, for, uh, for the law, and I love that. For there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. This is the one and only way to escape condemnation to get in Christ Jesus. You cannot escape condemnation because you perform well. Cannot get cannot escape condemnation because you wear a cross around your neck and have garlic attached to it. You, you, <laughs> you, you cannot, you can escape having friends, but you can't escape, escape. You might keep your relatives away a little longer, but you're not going to escape condemnation. Because you have religious gyrations. You're going to escape condemnation when you are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Just one way. Why? Because he took the condemnation for everyone who will use their faith and believe in him. I said he took the condemnation. He took the condemnation for the world. When the Bible says he died for the sins of the world, that means that anybody who wants him, anybody who wants this, no condemnation lifestyle, glory be to God. You can live a condemnation-free life. Most of the church world does not believe this. Most Christians do not believe that they can live a condemnation-free life. Well, it depends on, depends on how good you are. Yeah, that's it's good Islamic doctrine, but it's not Christian doctrine. My, my, my condemnation-free life depends on how good Jesus was. Woo! Can I have a good amen? amen? It depends on how good Jesus was. I put my faith in him. My faith is in him. Now, all that does affect my walk. They described how we walk. He described out there how we, we, we walk in the spirit. We do not walk in the flesh. No don't walk in the, in the attributes that think that the flesh is some way going to perfect us. Verse 2 For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. I love the Bible in its context, but when there is a promise, I'm going to teach you something about how to live your life according to the Word of God. When there is a promise in the Word of God, it does not have to always be in its context. If it's a promise, you use that promise to get what you need from God. Where there's a promise, it doesn't always have to be in its context. Given, it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. Luke six thirty-eight. Shall men given to your bosom, shaken together, and running over, shall men given to your bosom? For with the same measure that you meet and measuring anything, it shall be measured to you again. Now listen. That's in the context of forgiveness. This is not talking about taking up an offering there in its context, but because it is a seed time and all, seed time and harvest scripture a verse and a law that's being. Put into that discussion on forgiveness. You look at the verses around it; it's talking about forgiveness. But in but but still, Jesus takes the law of seed time and harvest and applies it to forgiveness. Does that mean that it will won't won't work at all about your money? Won't work at all about the other thing? Of course, it'll work because it's axiomatic in nature. The word is A X I O M, and it's it's an axiom. And the word A X indicates it's an ax. There's an axle in it. That is, it's universal. It turns all directions. And wherever there's a promise, because all the promises of God in Christ Jesus are yes and amen they work everywhere you can take this verse of scripture even though it's talking about our spiritual renewal for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death even though it's talking about that hey the law of sin and death says says that if you sin you die sin die sin die the the new testament says if you sin you have an advocate with the father glory be to God amen Amen. If if any man sin we have an advocate with the father the law the law said if you sin you die Woo, that's good news right there. Amen. Sin and you have an advocate. Glory to God. That's not the end of it. That's not the end of it. You don't get off the train there where you sinned. That's not your final destination. Right. Amen. Can I have a good amen, amen here? Woo! <laughs> Living a condemnation-free life. Amen. amen. But but I know a woman out in West Texas who got cancer, breast cancer, and it was an aggressive kind of cancer. It had killed her mother. It had killed her mother before her. It was on her her, her the, on the maternal side of her. I mean, and this, this was a bad, bad, bad deal. I mean, when her mo- grandmother found out about it, she was, she was gone in a few months. When her mother found out about it, she was gone in a year or two. And, then, and the doctors called her in, sorry, Jolene, you have the same cancer that took your mother and, you, and, and, and it took your grandmother, and sweetheart, this cancer is going to take you too. We're just telling you straight up, we're going to do our best. We're going to do our best to help you. Our methods are much better. We don't know, but this, it, this is the end of the line for you. You know what she said to the doctor? She said, I'm not my mother. And I'm not my grandmother. And I have promises of the Bible. The Bible said that the law of the the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. And I will live and I will not die. I will live and I will not die. She came to church and she stood up in church and she testified taking this right here completely out of its context. She came to church, stood up and said, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. I will live and not die. Took yes. that verse right out of its context. And we all said, yes. you know, I'm a theologian, I think. In my own mind, I am. Uh, uh, well, that's really taken out of context. I didn't tell her that because I don't ever stand against anybody's faith. But, uh, you know, I was thinking, Boy, that's, why don't you pick that promise? Well, you know, there are other promises about healing. That. Yeah. Hmm. She'd walk around that church house. I'll live and not die. I'll live and not die. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death, and I will live and not die. Well, she lived. She lived. She lived. She lived. I don't know. She, she may be in heaven today, but I, I, last I heard years and years after, she was alive. In fact, in fact, she went, she went just a few days after making that stand up in church and giving that testimony. The doctor said, you know, we evidently were mistaken. No, oh, you weren't mistaken. You just don't know what Jolene knows. That's all. Amen. Okay? So, I mean, you can take these promises. They're your promises. The promises of God are yours wherever they, wherever they are in Scripture. All right? The law of sin and death is uh, the law of Moses. This here, this, at this moment, he's talking about the law of sin and death. He's talking about the law of Moses. And verse 3 proves it. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. You know why you have a condemnation-free life? Because God stopped condemning the sinner and went right for the sin itself. (laughs) Whoo! Glory! I mean, uh, every religion condemns the sinner. But Christianity condemns the sin. Amen. Jesus took it upon himself. And when he died, as far as God is concerned, (laughs) sin died that day. Amen. 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 How many of you were once sinners and you're glad that there's no condemnation today? See, Romans chapter 8 is a wonderful place. It's a wonderful place. I mean, I love this. I just love this. But what the law could not do. Everybody say the the law could not do. The law could not do. I said it could not. It was powerless to make anybody righteous. It could not do because it was weak the moment it contacted our flesh. The moment it contacts your flesh. The tragedy of human existence is not that we can't keep the law of God. Remember what we said last week? The tragedy of human existence is we can't keep the laws we make. <laughs> we had not got a chance to keep the law of God. Well, I'm going to quit biting my fingernails. Well, all right, next week. We make rules for ourselves we don't keep. We pass all the laws that are going on in Washington, D.C. You voted the representatives. They went up there and passed them. And the very guys that are passing them. I mean, right. our, our, the guy, the guy, one of the guys who's supposed to be over, over, our, over our taxes, he cheated on his taxes. He's policing us and he's cheating on his taxes. Are you kidding? See, I mean, we're just totally incapable In the flesh, because the law, as holy and just and righteous as the law is, the moment it meets human flesh, it becomes weak. That's how powerfully weak the flesh is. Can you say powerfully weak, Pastor Eric? How how powerfully weak the flesh is. It even causes the law of God to become weak. That's what that said. I didn't write it. I have no dog in this fight. I'm just saying that's what that says. The, The flesh is so powerfully weak, so ineptly weak, that even the law of God becomes weak the moment it contacts it. Wow. It's powerless to make anybody live right. Wow. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Jesus condemned sin, not sinners. He condemned the thing that was killing us. Verse 4. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit, yet again, a description of us. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled. The reason he did what he did was so that. Now that word might is not a happenstance. May, might happen, it might not. No, that's not how the King James talked. That it means that, that the law would have the power to be fulfilled in us. That the righteousness of the law would take power to be fulfilled in us. He did what he did so that it could be reckoned to us as fulfillment of the righteous requirements of God because in our flesh we were totally incapable of doing it. That's why he put us, took us out of the flesh realm to fulfill the law of God and into the faith realm, which is the spirit realm, to, so that there could be an imputation. Amen. Just bypass all the works of the flesh. Amen. And by the works of the flesh we're not talking about Works of the flesh of Galatians. We're talking about the works of the flesh in, in adherence to the law. Works of the flesh, meaning circumcision in, in, in part. What Pastor Eric was talking about, you know, the doorkeeper. <laughs> uh, well, if we were in a men's meeting, we'd talk about it a little bit more in detail. That's what the doorkeeper had to do. Okay, show me. Now, that's a ratty job right there. I. I I don't, care. I don't care if you had to work in the nursery four Sundays in a row. It's not that bad. I don't care if you had to change 15 diapers in one Sunday. It's not that bad. Mm-mm. For they that are after the flesh had to make sure they were in the covenant. They had to make sure. Defile the temple if they're not in the covenant. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the spirit. Okay, all that's really talking about is those who are legalistically trying to earn their righteousness. Verse six: For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Have you noticed the peace you have when you're in the spirit? Amen. Have you noticed that? Huh? Yeah. I I I I can be troubled about something. I have been so troubled about things. If not one thing, something else, you know. And it seems like everything gets going good, everything Then, then, and, and I hear somebody's, somebody's had a car wreck or someone's in the hospital or, you know, something else. And, and, and there's, oh, my sheep. And, and when we hear these kind of things, we just, ah, oh, it hurt because we pray for you. We love you. We're connected. I mean, we, we wear a wedding ring. You know, around our hearts is that right pastor eric i mean we're married, we're married to the church right. i never heard anybody preach about the church more more devoutly and more powerfully than pastor eric does he's a church man he's raised in church i mean that's all he knows you know did you know did most of his sleeping as a child at church <laughs> <laughs> amen i mean you know under the pews and stuff and we were just we're church folk and uh we preach pre- we preach the church because the bible preaches about the church but i I'll tell you was you know your troubles are our troubles, we feel it and uh and we we found we found that when there's no way of solving that, when there's no way of solving that trouble in our hearts, we just move into the spirit, just start praying in other tongues, we just pray in the Holy Ghost, just pray in the holy ghost just it just it just starts to clear up uh my younger son Brandon, called me a few days ago he said, Dad... I want to preach this message. And he said, I've got it all together. He says, just something not quite right about it. I said, well, walk me through it. So, you know, my sons call me. We talk theology on, on the phone. That's, uh, and I, I'm so thankful for that. I've never, you know, never had them call me from jail. They call me, they call me from, from their you know, from their study, you know, saying, Dad, let's talk about this verse of Scripture. These were, thank you, Jesus. That's so precious, you know, and I'm, I, I know we're blessed. And... Uh, I, he, he was talking to me about it. Brandon, you're your former pastor there. He, he he, he, was wanting to talk theology. So he said, Dad, can I say this? I said, well, you can say it, but they'll probably run you out of town. I mean, you can say whatever you want to, son.
0: <laughs> and
1: he does, doesn't he? He said, no, but I mean, can I say it and be right with God? I said, well, let's see. So we talked about it a little bit, and, and it all sounded good. He said, I'm just a little bit, I don't know, Dad. I, it, it's, I said, I don't know what's missing. I said, have you prayed over this? And he said, well, no, I hadn't. I said, that's all that's missing. That's all that's missing. Get those notes out. Get your, get your Bible out and just look at them and pray in the Holy Ghost. I don't know if you know this, but this works for us preachers. I don't know if you know this, but we, I, I don't spend a lot of time praying and begging God to tell me what to preach. Now, that may hurt your feelings. I just don't. <laughs> I don't see that in the Bible. I see, I see Peter standing there when Jesus is, is with him and Jesus says, do you love me? Yeah, yeah, I love you. Feed the sheep. Well, well, Lord, I'm going to pray about it and see if you give me a word. No, he didn't say that. <laughs> then he asked him again, do you love me? Yeah. Well, feed the sheep. Right. So I don't do, do a lot of praying about what to preach. I mean, I got a whole Bible full of stuff. Right. Yeah. I, I didn't ask my daddy when he filled the barn full of feed. When he filled the barn full of hay, I didn't stand out there and go, uh, Daddy, could you come out here and point out which bales you want me to feed them? Oh, he's going to point it out all right. <laughs> Take that one. And that one. Right? Open that barn door, go to dragon out. Hey, it's all good. If you're getting something I don't like, I'll stop you. All right? Well, feed the sheep, feed the sheep, feed the sheep. Where I think we often miss it preachers. This is what I told my son. I said, "It's praying about it after it's ready. When you've got it ready to go, then you pray over it." You see, we don't pray over the meal while mama's making the meal. We put it on the table, get it ready to go, and just before we eat, we pray over it. Okay? So so we just we get it all ready, get it ready to go, and then we pray. He said he did that. He did it. He just started praying in the Holy Ghost. Just walking around his house, looking at his Bible, looking at his notes, praying in the Holy Ghost. Just looking at his And then, and then when he got up there to the preach, he said it came out like a volcano. Yeah. <laughs> the way it works. All, all the stuff that you're missing, that you, oh, something's not quite right. All that just goes away. Because yeah. the peace of God comes flooding in. Amen. Yeah. You see? I mean, when you're, you're at peace. If you think about it right now, right here at this moment, right here at this moment, some of you came in here with troubles and just sitting here under the Word of God, peace has come to you. Amen. Peace has come. It's amazing how it just washes it away. This is this is part of walking in the Spirit. Being faithful in church, that's walking in the Spirit. Praying in the Holy Ghost, it's walking in the Spirit. Just doing the simple things That are faith connectors. Pastor Eric and I had a wonderful conversation this morning on the way to Dallas. Talking about our faith connectors. We don't tithe because we're afraid we'll break the law and the curse will come. Hey, 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 hey. Read other places. Besides Malachi and its big time curses. Jesus was nailed to a cross for you. He's the curse for you. And it was nailed to a cross. That curse died that day. Glory be to God. But why do we tithe? because all people of faith tithe remember the tithe was instituted in faith long before it was in the law the tithe was instituted back in genesis and there was no law in genesis abraham isaac jacob they're the ones that taught us how to tithe and we tithe because we're people of faith amen and it's it's a connector for how we how we get our faith working in our own money can i have a good amen? amen why do we take communion Oh, it's just a ritual of the church. It's our duty. No. No, we do it because it's a connector for our health of our bodies. He said, you, you take this worthily? He said, you live a long life. Well, what he really said was those who don't are dying young, so I'm assuming that the opposite is true. <laughs> Anybody here interested in living a long, healthy life? Amen. I'm way interested in living a long, healthy life. Better than a short, unhealthy life. I mean, if you have an, if you have an option... First one's better. I'll take door number one. Verse 7, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Now get this. Here in this 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 language of carnality is talking about the carnal law, the mind of the carnal law. The carnal-minded man who's connected to law. So the carnal mind talks the law, but it doesn't live the law. It talks the law, but it doesn't live the law. Hey, listen, this is all, this is in the body of Christ today. This is in the body of Christ today. And I'm talking about it in large measures. You find Christians on where you work that are so bound up in legalism, it's probably amazing, probably amazing to you. They talk the law. Well, I've actually had Christians ask me, well, do you keep the Sabbath? And I and I say, no, and you don't either. <laughs> I know you don't. Don't come at the, no, you don't keep the Sabbath. Well, I keep I keep one day a week. I say, which day is it? Well, I always try to have one day of rest. I said, that's not what the Bible teaches about the Sabbath. Don't come at me and tell me you keep the law of the Sabbath. You don't. You don't. The law of the Sabbath is the seventh day. Shabbat is seventh. The seventh day. That's Saturday. Most Christian women I know ain't going to take off altogether on Saturday. Not when the mall's open. I ain't giving up eating shrimp on Saturday either. Amen. Fried catfish. My wife, she loves a fried catfish. You like fried catfish, Lee? Oh, it's something about it, isn't it, isn't it? There's something about it that the people from up north just don't understand. They just can't get it. You don't keep the Sabbath? The law of the Sabbath said? Exodus chapter 20, read it for yourself. Six days shalt thou labor. I, 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 I. He didn't say you may labor. He said you shall labor. He didn't say you may labor. He said you shall labor. Six days, let's count them. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. six days you shall labor. so if I take off Tuesday, what have I just done? I broke the law of the Sabbath, even if I did go to the synagogue on Saturday. They don't keep the law, they want to push it, but they don't talk it they don't they don't do it. That's what this is saying. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law. It is not subject to the law of God. The very people who push it are the ones less likely to be subject to it. The Pharisees were as good as there were at keeping the law. And Jesus said, you are a bunch of hypocrites. There's nobody alive today that's like that bunch of Pharisees 2,000 years ago. And Jesus said, you're a bunch of hypocrites. We're going to live by grace, or we might as well just go ahead and die. We're going to acknowledge that we are here by the grace of God and our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Or you might as well just go ahead and call it quits. Verse 8. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God, but you're not in the flesh. Come on, you need to tell three people right now, look at three people and I say, you're not in the flesh, unless of course you think they are, (laughs) unless of course you think they are, you know, but you, (laughs) you are not in the flesh. Now, how does the apostle Paul write a letter to every single person? Person in Rome and say you are not in the flesh. Huh? Is he is he just writing by faith? <laughs> or is the Holy Ghost telling them the truth? You are not in the flesh. I hear Christians say it. I've said it myself. Don't make me get in the flesh now. <laughs> Come on, be, be honest. How many of you said it? Yeah. You wouldn't like me in the flesh. Well, he says you're not in the flesh. You're not in the flesh. You can't get in the flesh. You're already in the Spirit. But you can act like you're in the flesh. That's what this chapter is going to talk about a little bit more. You can act like you're in the flesh, even though you're not in the flesh. If we're if we're born in the Spirit, let us walk. If we live in the Spirit, it says in Colossians, if we live in the Spirit, let us walk walk in the spirit if you live in the spirit let us walk in the spirit Your living in the spirit happened as the as the grace of god came to you the moment you believed. but your walk in the spirit is up to you okay i'm in the i'm not in the flesh i'm in the spirit in the spirit i love this verse nine if so be that the spirit of god dwells in you. what does the spirit of god dwell in you if it doesn't then you're not saved now if any man have not the spirit of christ he's none of his so we're born again. The Spirit of God came into our lives and we were born again. This is not talking about the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. This is just talking about the day you got born again. The Spirit of God came into your life. You became a brand new creature. Amen. That means that you are in the Spirit and not in the flesh. Listen, what this is trying to do and what I'm trying to do tonight is to get you to identify with your spirit, man. Get you to identify with who you really are. Because the longer you identify with, with your, your Irish heritage, the longer you'll struggle with that craving for alcohol. Now, I don't mean all Irishmen are alcoholics, but you know. But we make we make. I used to make you know, I used to make uh, uh, allowances for my hot temper, laying it off on my German side. And any any weakness in me, I'd let off on some sort of fleshly. Don't look so religious. You you don't do that. what what I could I try to find somebody to blame. My red-headed grandma, that's who it was. It was that red-headed grandma. Made me have a hot temper. Yeah, yeah. You follow that? We all do it? Well, that's just the German in me. That's just the Irish in me. That's just the Indian in me. That's just the, that's just the Mexican in me. That's just, you know, us Latinos. Come on, Frank, admit it. We all got something. We all got some, some, something that we try to blame our stuff on. It gets quiet when you go to preaching real good. It just gets quiet. Verse 10 says, And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Wow. So he is talking about a Christian. He is talking about Christians here. He's talking about you. You're not in the flesh. You are in the Spirit. This is the identification you need tonight. Identify yourself as a spirit man, as a spirit woman, as a spirit being. I am in the Spirit. I don't have to get in the Spirit. I am in the Spirit. I'm in the Spirit when I'm in the shower. I'm in the Spirit when I'm at the table. I'm in the Spirit when I'm in the dentist's chair. Huh? I'm in the Spirit when when I'm home for the holidays with my snotty relatives. Well, I didn't get a lot of amens there, did I? But I, I am in the Spirit. It's who I am walk in the spirit okay and if christ be in you the body is dead because of sin but the spirit is life because of righteousness now your body's not dead you can pinch it and tell it's still alive but what he's saying is it's as good as dead it's the same as dead okay if christ is in you you are righteous verse 11 but if the spirit of him that raised up jesus from the dead dwells in you He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwells in you. Now He is talking about your mortal body here for a minute. The Spirit takes you from righteousness to resurrection. The Spirit takes you from righteousness to resurrection. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. Glory to God. You owe your flesh nothing. Come on, can I get a good amen? You owe your flesh nothing. Nothing, because the moment you feel indebted to your flesh, the moment you feel indebted to your flesh, if you give it an inch, here's where we go. It will take the mile. It won't ask for it. It'll just take it. All it takes is just that, just that little bit of giving in, and pretty soon it is kicked down the door to a realm you don't want to be messing with. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Put your hand down for anybody sees you. Verse thirteen. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. Oh, man. Listen. I've known so many Christians who who had their lives cut short. God wanted them to live a long, prosperous life. But they lived after the flesh. And it says there, it promises you, you shall die. And the reason for that is, as a believer, you have gotten on the other side. There is a devil out there that hates you so bad. When you get born again, he feels like he's lost, and he's right about that. So he's going to do everything he can to paralyze your witness. He's going to do everything he can to stop you from affecting anybody else. And he's going to do everything he can to remove you off this earth. Everything he can. I don't know if you figured it out, but you know, it seemed like when you, first, when you first got born again, all hell broke loose against you. You might have been like me thinking, wow, I didn't have near this kind of trouble before I got saved. What is going on? How many of you had that experience? That trouble came for sure. Well, listen, I've described it like this before. You were on a river going downstream. All kinds of things floating in the river with you. You know, you, it's easy to go to hell. Just don't just do nothing, you know. People leaning on the logs. Oh, they're so comfortable. You get tired of swimming. You just, you just get a hold of a log and they just carry you downstream. Once in a while you'd see some lunatic swimming upstream. Yeah. He's holding on to a rope and he's he's kind of swimming this way. Yeah. And every now and then there'd be a log hit him, you know, and oh, just hold on to the rope. You know, well, we're, what are you doing? He said. Man, you gotta, you got to get over here with me. Yeah. I don't want over there with you. You're having all kinds of trouble. Yeah, but this is still a better life. Well, but that don't look like a good life. It looks like there's all kinds of dangers and perils. Yeah, but I'm not really having to swim by myself. See, I'm hooked onto a rope yeah. up ahead of me, the greatest swimmer in the history of mankind. Yeah. He's taking me the other direction. Well, why should I go with you? You don't know what's down there, but just not too far down there is a waterfall, and you're going down, and there is no coming back if you go over that edge. You need to get over here with me. So you think, really? Yeah, yeah, there's a waterfall. So you jump off, you grab that rope of faith, grab that message by faith, and you hold on, and pretty soon you're going. You're going up against the stream, but all of a sudden, all those things that you once leaned on are now your enemies. You got this? That's why all that trouble happens when you first, but you know, after you're out out here for a little while, you get the hang of it. You, oh, wait a minute. Gonna, man, I can hold on to the rope with my toes. <laughs> Glory to God. I, I'm, enjoying my, I'm enjoying my trip upstream. <laughs> Amen. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. deeds of the body cannot be put to death with the will. They cannot be put to death with the mind. They cannot be put to death with how you feel. Screaming and hollering at your body is not going to work. Hmm? Your emotions aren't going to make it happen. What's going to do it? Walking in the Spirit. Living in the Spirit. You, You live in the Spirit. You are in the Spirit. A continual concentration and consecration to that idea and to that truth, who you are in the Spirit, that changes your identification. And all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, but over time, all those things that just that caused your flesh to crave them, they just begin to fall away. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. We'll pick up right there next time. I hope you got something out of this. Glory to God. Glory to God. Many as are led by the Spirit of God. I've got some Greek word studies in this chapter that you're going to really, really enjoy. Many as are led by the Spirit. These are the sons of God. I want to tell you something. I know you are all sons of God because God led you here tonight. Now, I believe the Lord leads some people that are not saved to church to get them saved. I don't know why that happened to you, but I had a mama who wouldn't take no for an answer. She just wouldn't take no for an answer. She prayed for me, and God brought me in. Same way it happens for anybody who's raised in a Christian family, raised in a Christian home. Your faith may not be engaged, but somebody's faith is engaged on your behalf. Amen. 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 I don't want to keep you long tonight, but I do want to pray tonight. I want to ask you to just bow your heads for a moment. If you would just bow your heads for a moment. And I want you to see something in your heart. I want you to see however, whatever image the Holy Spirit gives you here. I want you to see your inner man. May look like a cloud, may look like Casper. I don't care. It's not important images I can con- convey to you, but I want you to see your inner man. Because your inner man is where you're going to gain your best identity in your relationship to God. Your spirit is how you contact God how you contact Him, through the Spirit. You don't contact Him through the flesh and the emotions and the mind. Even You contact God through your Spirit. And all those other parts of you are affected by that. But your true contact with God is in the Spirit. God is a Spirit. And they that worship Him must worship Him in Spirit and in truth. You see, right there in the Spirit is where the truth is too. The truth about your situation. The truth about the things that bug you. truth about the things that are hurting you. truth about the things that have made you feel small. Right there in the spirit. Now with this moment, right here while you're focused on your inner man, I want you to see now in, the, in your sanctified imagination, see Jesus appear inside that inner man see look at that there he is inside you there he is inside you you just cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and you brought into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ in you inner man, Jesus in you, thank you, Lord. thank you, Lord. Now just begin to talk to him, just begin to talk to him, just begin to praise him, just to give him give him glory, just say whatever you want to say to Jesus right there, just talk to him, just talk to Jesus. <laughs> Oh, Jesus, you are so wonderful. I love you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for being near to me and in me. And a God who is closer than my nearest friend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, I worship you. Christ in Now let's stand up on our feet and pray a little while. Let's just stand up on our feet and pray in the Holy Ghost a little while. We do not know how to pray like we ought to, but the Holy Ghost makes intercession for us. Rabalabaki with groanings too deep for words. Oh Miyasana Minidike Debidana Matu Rabalala Boko Ta la. Ta la 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 buka, ta la 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 baka ta The Spirit of God says to you tonight, that moment when you thought all was lost, in reality was that moment when you were closest to victory. I see what you often cannot see. I see from a vantage point that your flesh does not allow you to see. Walk in the Spirit, says the Lord. You will see it. In all of your afflictions, in all of your troubles, in all of your shortcomings, you will see victory beyond that moment of trouble. You will begin to see victory like you've never seen victory before. You'll look above it. You'll have a a, a vantage point that you did not have. Your victory is assured because your victory has already been fought for and paid for. Oh, Ramata pola brulo boco sotana nebaki. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 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 No rabola bupa sankare deba te paria tabarabaka. Woo. As you walk in the spirit and die in the spirit, you will
0: conquer, you will rule, you will be victorious. Mm hmm. Mm. Mm.
1: Mm. 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 I hear the Holy Ghost saying that he wants to help people here tonight. There are people here tonight. You have business and work-related issues that you you need intervention in. The Holy Ghost is going to help you tonight. I want you to come to me right here, right now. If you've got some sort of business or financial situation, Concerning your job or a business, I want you to come to me real quick. The Holy Ghost wants to do something for you. Come, 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 come. Oh, see, so you know why he does these kind of things? I didn't dream this up, but he does this these kind of things. Stand, stand, let's make a line right here. He does these kind of things to show you that he does want you to walk in the Spirit so it'll help you. This is not just about you doing your duty for God. This is about... God helping you. God helping you. God helping you. Come come up here to me right here. I want all of you to come up here to me. Let's make a line. Come on up. Come here. There we go. There we go. There we go. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come. All God's people praying. Come on, folks. Come on. in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. There you go. There's your help. There's your help. The anointing is 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 your help. help. Ah, the Spirit of the Living God upon you. Ooh, the anointing is your help. Thank you, Lord, the anointing of the Holy Ghost is your help. In the name of Jesus. The anointing is your help. The anointing is your help tonight. Now I want you to receive this. Say something. Say something to the Lord in receiving this word tonight and this help tonight whether you felt it or whether you didn't you received help tonight amen, amen Amen. because we've contacted God in the spirit we've contacted God right here in the spirit and if you'll open your mouth and say tonight I'll never be the same from this night forward, I will never be the same. Can you say something like that? From this day forward, I will never be the same. My help has come. Woo, glory. Hmm, amen. Amen. Now let's lift our hearts. Come on, everybody. Let's lift our hearts and thank God. Let's thank God with these who've received their help tonight. Thank you Jesus, thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Amen, amen. The anointing is for you. It's for you. it's for you. The anointing is for you. It's for you. It's for you. It's for you. with you. And it's for you. The anointing of the Spirit is for you. I want you to get this. I know I'm, I'm, I'm emphasizing it for a reason. It's for you. God is so perfectly healthy all by Himself. He didn't pour out His anointing on you because He needed it. The anointing is for you. It's not just to keep you corralled. It's to loose things for you. Cause you to be attractive to good things. Ooh, you'd be walking by someplace and money would just say, there she is. Yeah. Miss Ann was, was believing God for a certain amount of money just a week ago. She said, I want to spend this much money, money on our grandchildren. She had a number she wanted to spend on her grandchildren for Christmas. Now, you know, that's that much money times nine <laughs> We have nine grandchildren. I about panicked. I mean, I just about panicked. She, I said, what? She said, that's what I want to spend on my grandchildren this year for Christmas. What? What? In three days, two and a half times that money came into our hands. Two and a half times that. <laughs> came into our hands. Huh? Because she sold a seed she didn't, she didn't have. I mean, she, she had it, but it, it, it spent money we didn't, we didn't need to be spending. The Lord put a, a figure on her heart. She sold sold that amount, which was about half of right what she what she needed, what she said she wanted, and money just came roaring back. Glory Amen. to God! I like Amen. it. I like it when the reapers were overtaking the seed sowers. Don't you? Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Just barely get the seed in the ground, and boom! Here comes the harvest. I love Amen. that. Amen. Sure. say
0: um, Somebody here. I just really I felt the Lord um, while we were praying in the spirit earlier, saying, "Stay the course." But but it's not in the way that that, that we normally think of that. You, you you've 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 you have um you've had the idea and you've been told that that you keep getting off the road and you keep having this idea that you keep getting off the road and getting on the wrong path and over time it's become a very frustrating thing for you. Because you feel like you can't stay on the right path. But the truth is, when you, when you believe in Christ, and you believe in Jesus all along, but you've just been dealing with this, I'm on the wrong road, I'm on the wrong, I just keep finding myself on the wrong path. But that's not the truth. Because if you're in Christ, you're in Christ. And you're on the right road. Yeah. And so you believe this lie of the devil... That's, that's made you feel like you're not in the right place and yeah. you're not on the right road. Yeah, and yeah. so you've just fought this condemnation. You thought, well, this no. is Christianity. It's too difficult. It's too hard. But I'm here to just get rid of that thinking because yeah. you're on the right road. Jesus yeah. is the road yeah. if you Amen. believe in him. Now, you might stumble along the way, but you're on the right course. And the Bible says when we to come boldly before the throne of grace, yes. that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Wow, wow, that's so good. Amen. When do you need mercy? When do you need grace? When in it when you've sinned, when you've stumbled, and the way to come is boldly at that point. See, that's how you stay on the course of grace. Amen. That's how you stay on the course of faith, and just refuse to believe that you're on the wrong road. If you believe in Jesus, you're on the right road. Amen. 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 All right. That's, crazy. Woo. that's a good word. Praise
1: God. Amen. Amen. Well, Pastor Eric, go ahead and pray and bless them and dismiss them tonight. Okay. Well,
0: I want to say this too. Next Wednesday, we will not have a service. That is the night before Thanksgiving. So that next Wednesday night service has been canceled. So bake a pie, fried turkey, stay home with the family. All right. If you show up here, you know, whatever, you preach to a wall or something, but none of us are going to be here. Amen. Father, I thank you for your blessing upon your people. Lord, I thank you. For your safety over them, God, all those yes. that will be traveling, Lord, and be having relatives travel here. We thank you, Lord, your word declares that no evil shall befall your people, yes. no plague should come yes. near their dwelling. You give your angels charge over them to keep them in all of their ways. They bear them up in their hands, Lord, lest they dash their foot against oh, a stone. Father, good. I thank you, Lord, that a thousand may fall at their side, a ten thousand at their right hand, but it shall not come near them. Hallelujah. I think that your people are blessed. Lord, they are blessed with the with the shield of favor surrounding them, Lord, in the name of Jesus in every place and in every way. The word of God is life to them, health to all of their flesh. And Lord, I thank you that length of days, long life, and peace are added unto your people. Thank you that you've made them to be the head and not the tail above and not beneath. First, not last, victors no longer victims, and I thank you now that you caused the mountains and the hills to break forth with singing and the trees and the field to clap their hands as we go forth with joy. In Jesus' name. Amen. Once again, thanks for joining Cornerstone Worship Centers Building a Better Life. We would like to invite you to one of our services in McKinney, Garland, or Little Elm. And for information about service times and addresses, please check us out on the web at www.abetterlife4.us. God bless you.